0: Yep And welcome back to Talking Knicks The Knicks lose game one Versus the Atlanta Hawks Got BBD I've got Tom Piccolo here We're gonna talk about it A fun night A really tough ending to the night Uh, But I'll tell you guys one thing It won't be quiet as fuck in here Let's talk Knicks Welcome back to Talking Knicks. Uh, first ever Talking Knicks playoff game, and it goes down as a one oh seven to one oh five loss in the Garden versus the Atlanta Hawks. It's a fun night. Knicks got off to a terrible start. They got it going, especially in the third, and then uh, down the stretch they kind of had it. Uh, we'll we'll talk about. All of it, Trey Young becomes one of the more hated athletes, probably across sports. But uh, before we get there, Tom Piccolo, how you doing, brother? Hey,
1: guys. I'm doing all right. I, I was I was having myself a great weekend prior to that game. I mean, that was a – I was saying before, it was a really deflating loss. But, you know, you, you can't take too much away from one game. Like, I predicted Knicks in seven. You can't win in seven without losing three first. So, I'm not – I'm not too disheartened here, but that was that was a tough one. It felt like it felt like it could have been, should have been ours.
0: Beautiful baby, David.
2: Uh, shame doing all right. That was kind of as deflating the loss <laughs> could have been. I, I've been thinking about what I preferred, just like straight up losing and not not like feeling like we were gonna win it all. And like I guess, I mean, I guess I wouldn't, but I don't know. I feel like kind of good about like that was. Maybe Julius Randle's worst game of the year And they lost by two So you just don't have your worst game of the year again
0: Yeah, I I think there are some You know, I I love myself a good spin zone But the ones out of this game are pretty true I mean, a 16-point first quarter To open up uh, the return to the playoffs That's pretty tough Randle and even Barrett's final stat lines Uh you know, aren't where you'd hope they would be in this in this game. And I think let's be honest, and I, I think, you know, obviously any Knicks fan after last night, you're not gonna be a Trey Young guy that's not gonna speak to you. But I think from the national sports level, the thing that really does get me on on that is the Knicks lost that game. Like I Tom, I, I know it's seven game you you're predicting the seven games and you know, after last night, it, it it wouldn't be too shocking if that happens But, you know, it, that baseline pass where R.J. Barrett jumps it If he squeezes that ball, the Knicks are up three points And would have the basketball Instead, it goes in Bogdan Bogdan's hands He hits the three uh, And it kind of changes the course of the game You You can do that with a lot of possessions in this game you could point to free throws, but i I guess first to you what what stands out
1: yeah, I mean, it is hard to start anywhere beyond the Julius Randall performance i think I'm not worried about him long term. I didn't think that the hawks really i mean yes, they keyed on him they they doubled him at times, they really put a lot of pressure on him, but also Randall just wasn't hitting the shots that he typically hits he he did seem tentative at times he was he wasn't really. He only, I mean, I guess he did take six threes, but I know at least one of those was a desperation three when RJ didn't realize when the, the shot clock was winding down. It just didn't seem like Randall ever found his rhythm. And, uh, you know, to start the game, I don't think it was too shocking. Like the, the Knicks, like you mentioned, finished with 16 points in that first quarter. A lot of that just seemed to be – they were jittery. They were nervous. The crowd was rocking. Like our guys Greg and Kenny were there. They sent us some videos. Like clearly the garden was hyped. And I think that carried over to the players probably a little bit too much to start the game. They were not used to hearing the garden at that capacity. They hadn't heard it all season. So t- to have that slow start, it wasn't shocking, but just the fact that Randall kind of never found that rhythm was the biggest issue for the Knicks offense. and then defensively it was they couldn't stay in front of Trey Young. The, the guys defending the point of the attack that w- that was Peyton to start the halves. It was Derek Rose, um, sometimes quickly, sometimes Burks was on him sometimes quickly. They threw different guys at Trae Young, but really no one was able to kind of stay in front, to stay attached to his hip whenever he'd come off screens. And it led to just a ton of Trae Young floaters. And then when the defense would collapse, he'd kick it out to three-point shooters. So those are kind of the, the two main things on both ends of the floor for me.
2: The, tra- the Trae Young stuff is what – it's like. A, he's the story of the game uh, on the national level. And what, just the second you th- think about not the Knicks specifically – they had no answer for him. He kind of just ran circles around the defense. Even when we put in Frank, our best defender, he ran around Frank, which doesn't happen a lot. And even when, even in the few minutes Trey Young was out and not doing that, like Lou Will kind of just did all the same shit. It's like, oh, yep. So, so, so might as well just still been Trey Young. Lou so Will did his best impression of him for 13 minutes.
1: Yeah, and since you brought up Frank, I kind of ask you guys. What do you think about that move? I know Frank is our defensive stopper. That's his role, especially on the perimeter. But, I mean, he played one minute. He sat on the bench for so long. And then it's it's kind of tough to ask a guy. I'm going to try to make excuses for Frank just because, you know, he knows his role on the team. He knows that's his job to get that stop. He knows he can't let Trey get to mm-hmm. his dominant hand. Like, there, it was a pretty obvious defensive mistake. But I have to imagine it's difficult to sit on the bench for hours. <laughs> and, you know, he did – he probably played for like twelve seconds in the in the first half, I think it was I think 14. he got
2: the final twenty three seconds mm. in the first half, yeah. and then he got like twenty of the final thirty seconds. And I'm surprised it registered as a one minute
1: exactly. yeah. it was it was less than a minute total. It's not like he got loose in that first half. So it's just what do you guys think about a decision to bring a guy cold off the bench and ask him to make the biggest defensive stop of the game?
0: It's brutal I, it's It's brutal, and that's where you know, internet sports world. Uh, Tommy, you know, me and BBD have lived there for a few years now You're in it now It's that, you know, often two things can't be true When they often are Frank got torched I mean, Frank got street ball torched He got crossed one way Trey took him the other way just for fun Got past him, made the bucket pretty easy Actually, on the replay, it was Because, you know, Frank obviously has length Frank's closer to that floater than you'd think Uh, He might have even nicked Trey's fingers after he released it But that doesn't matter at all And uh, at the same time It was a brutal ask I mean, it's the one guy on the Hawks And that's where You know, that one minute Makes it so much more daunting Because hey, you know Alfred played 8 Obi played 12 So like, even if Even if Frank had had that Where he could have felt this game at all Frank didn't feel this game He felt the last shot go up In the second half In the first half and the second half Um, And it's You know it's one of those things that The internet can't acknowledge that both things are true It was brutal Frank got torched And that can't happen It's also a brutal ask man And I'm sure Tibbs told him going into the game that he could be used in a role like that. So that also turns into player preparation, what that could be. But, you know, you could prepare all day for that. I mean, that's, you know, pinch hitting in baseball. You could prepare all day and be like, oh, you know, if the closer comes out, that's your guy. Well, then you still got to hit 98 off a guy when you haven't seen a pitch all game. So it's a brutal ask.
2: And I completely agree. Yeah, it's a tough ask. I'm not. I'm not even like mad at. There's not really a way for him to win there because yeah, there's just no feel. You got to be part of two two possessions, and it was brutal. It was brutal. Mm.
1: Yeah, I don't want to turn it into like a defending Frank thing. I know there are a lot of people out there who want nothing to do with Frank apologists. It's just you know, it, it's true. Jay like, Trey didn't even need a screen to get by Frank. It was just straight up off the dribble one-on-one stuff from the top of the key you just I and mean, granted there was absolutely no help c- coming his way you'd like to see like a little bit of help on the interior but you know frank also has to provide some semblance of resistance at the point of attack it didn't happen so I don't know that's that's kind of all I had on frank but the, I, don't, I guess like, the only
2: the only other frank thing I could even like there was a point I forget exactly what the situation was It was like five four or five minutes left and the Knicks were up Multiple possessions is either four or five points, not a lot. Like maybe if you got Frank in there for for a minute, and then like he at least is sort of in a rhythm. Even then, like you're throwing him in when it matters most. But at least there's like on the offensive end, multiple possessions of of cushion, and you just you just need
0: Trey Young to not score. And like, I don't know, if, I don't think it would have done anything. And that's yeah, that's that's where you know the argument would be. Because when we did the preview, I said, you know, Frank could be a good break glass in case of emergency type situation. Uh, you know, you you want a little bit of a data sample before the final shot of the game. Like I would have, I would have loved to see Frank entree for five possessions. And you know, if Frank looked kind of good and you want to pocket that for later, then I'm kind of okay with it. If Trey Young had done that to Frank twice in the second quarter then I think we all would have said, okay, so maybe it's not a Frank day. So, yeah, it's 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 tough to defend on multiple levels. Um, and, Tom, you, you mentioned the help defense. I do think something that, you know, kind of got buried in a lot of other storylines here. A, uh, you mentioned Lou Williams, and, man, I, I had totally forgotten how Lou Williams ended the third quarter after the Knicks had been so dominant. He makes the jump shot, and then he makes the three-pointer right after Barrett. Uh, Randall missed a layup And then Barrett missed a three-pointer Like that's a huge swing in momentum But the guy I'm thinking of Got injured and left the game Nerland's Noel When when you're talking about help defense He kind of is the Knicks only help defense right now And I do think when he left the game uh, You know, that Trey Young Get around Frank Makes it a lot easier for him to do Because he knows Who's he going to run into? Randall Taj like those those guys don't scare Trey Young with for a block shot. I I think Nerland's leaving this game was very impactful.
1: Yeah, I I think that's right and I I do think that like you said two things can be true at the same time where yes, Noel was definitely missed, but Gibson had a ga- great game. He was awesome in this one. Like I thought that for the most part, he just he was working out there. He was doing a lot of small things. Um, he had a steal down the stretch where he kind of like defended Trey Young in the pick and roll. And then he jumped up and recognized it was a lob midair and like did a 180 and then just stole the ball from Capella. Like Taj was doing a bunch of wily stuff out there that you'd expect from him too. But um, I mean, yeah, you look at his numbers. He finished, he did finish plus one on the game. Like he was a a net positive. It felt like throughout the game. So yeah, yes. Noel's uh, length and athleticism was missed on that on that last play there. But overall, I, I can't fault Gibson too much.
2: Yeah. Not mad at, at Taj. He did a good job. He did a hit, He did everything we asked him to do just, yeah. Not having Nerlin's hurt the way he can just like impact possession, possession to possession on the defensive end. Um, it, he was missed. Yeah. Taj did a great job, but got, a, got a lot of boards, some impressive ones. Um,
0: and T- Taj was great, Tom you've, you've noted the the corner kickout passes I mean, mm-hmm. he had those on on Essentially back-to-back possessions I think they might have been back-to-back um, And no, he, he was great I mean, wrestling, Capella I mean, it, it used to be It's Man, it is fun when it's playoff basketball And you watch these big guys fight for rebounds <laughs> Holy smokes uh, Bodies on the ground Taj and Capella were going at it Everybody was going at it Yeah, Jake, it's just worth
1: highlighting real quick. Like you mentioned the the kick that Taj Gibson hit. He hit Alec Burks in the corner for a three. When the Knicks were down by two with a minute 40 left, it felt like it could have been the biggest shot of the game. You know what I mean? Like Taj Gibson set a screen, he rolled out into space, and then he caught the pass and just turned opposite, and Alec Burks was right there. And Burks was cooking, right? And he and he hit that three to put us up one. And it just it felt like because right after that, Trey Young had a turnover. And it was followed by Alec Burks hitting a mid-range jumper. He was open in the corner again, threw a pump fake, and did like a one-dribble pull-up. So, you know, the Knicks went up three with about a minute left. It just it felt like all the momentum was on our side. And, you know, no one was questioning Taj's presence in the game, and nor should they have been. It's just like, you're right, for, the, for that one defensive play, um, it would have been nice to have Noel out there, but the injury didn't allow that to happen. I will say we've started fairly negative, as kind of we should have. But there was a lot of positive to take away in this game too, and we could probably pivot there at this mm. point because there are things that we could take away that you know will likely carry over to the rest of the series as well.
0: Yeah, and that's that's where you know you are right. Like uh, it, that was kind of our first mention of Burks, who had twenty-seven points, nine of thirteen, three of five from three. Uh, six of eight from the free throw line. Free throw line. Knicks had a couple misses. Whatever. I'm not gonna super harp on that. Although it is a two point game. Either way. Anyways, uh, Alec Burks was awesome, and and we've seen this as Knicks fans, and I I did laugh at one point because we've talked about it uh, here on this podcast. How you know, Alec Burks is kind of funky. There there's days when he looks like a you know. Chris Middleton, like 24 points per game, a guy you give the rock to to go get his buckets, and, you know, other nights it's just not that. So I was kind of wondering, like, what's the national stage thinking while well, Tracy Morgan is doing an all-time dance move? The, the, does that move have a name? Is that an around-the-world? What do you call hmm. that? Um, Spike Lee was doing, like, a 1960s, like, Austin Powers, like, <laughs> uh, fembot dance. Uh, Alec Burks was awesome. Uh absolutely awesome in this game. And uh, you know, something something not to overlook whether you're talking Rose, Burks, or even Julius Randle in a good way, you know, Alec Burks had four helpers. Um, like he was he was impacting the game in every way. He was awesome. D. Rose uh was solid, that reverse layup. So yeah, and RJ Barrett and it, it's not RJ Barrett squeezing the pass which would have been nice. The pass did end up, the way he jumps it, it ends up in a really awkward angle, takes a hop, and Bogdo bangs it. But, yeah, I mean, this was, the Knicks kind of lost this game.
1: Yeah, I think there, there were just, like, so many moments that were kind of felt like lightning in a bottle like, or just that the garden was going to explode. I'm thinking specifically, I mean, RJ's dunk, in transition over Bogdanovich. Like it felt like that was incredible. Like it was probably it was Barrett's best dunk of his career, yeah. no question. And it happened in in the biggest game of his career. It was that was awesome to see. And there were just a few moments like that. Obi Toppin, when he did that side pick and roll and then was able to kind of do the double clutch dunk. Um yeah. <laughs> and then quickly just had a couple I mean quickly was a net positive all game. I, I don't know if he finished the best plus minus second best on the team he was plus 6 in his 21 minutes but like it just felt like when quickly was on the floor good things were happening he finished with 10 points um, hit both of his threes but they were just the kinds of threes that really galvanized the team and like get the crowd Shift really the into it
2: momentum and
1: exactly so like there were there were definitely bright spots there were certainly bright moments um to take away from it and it was just it was no question an exciting game to watch like the, i was you know glued to you know the edge of my seat the entire game it just you know didn't it didn't shake out the way we wanted it to. If
2: the, if the Knicks just hold on and win that game, there's and you just laid them out all the all the moments we're gonna we would look back on very fondly, and now we'll kind of forget about maybe not the RJ dunk, but uh, but yeah, I mean the, <laughs> there were a bunch of a bunch of awesome moments in in that during uh I guess that middle half of the game where it was mostly good for the Knicks.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, Toppen hit a three <laughs> when the Knicks like hadn't hit any threes. Like he was the guy. To kind of break us out of that funk, it seemed like it was a, a top. It wasn't even a corner one, right? I think it was top of the key. I think um, so, yeah. It was well, like one of the
2: one of the ultimate like no, 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 yes moments. Once he released it, it looked good, but uh, yeah, Tobin doesn't usually barely miss those threes, as yeah. evidenced by the next one he took. But that was a good. <laughs> that <laughs> hey, was awesome. You know, he think- logged twelve productive minutes, which wasn't on. My bingo card. For so, yeah, I
0: else. mean, some sometimes that blind confidence uh, can be a good thing. <laughs> I, totally. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I was Obi Top and shooting that three. I don't. Know, I probably don't bang that. Ah, uh, but he. Uh, it was never a doubt in his mind, and and that's what makes it beautiful. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's part of what makes the NBA beautiful. Uh, you know, I. I Coming when we did the series preview, something we said was gonna be big was the officiating. I thought generally it was generally it was good for playoff basketball. I think the one that obviously jumps out is the Trey Young foul at the end, uh where he initiated the contact and kind of throws up that floater. that kind of hadn't been called all game mm-hmm. uh so that's the complaint there I mean it, you know it's it, in baseball the phrase they always come back to is consistency. Uh, and, you know, it's the same thing whether it's football and kind of defensive backs, whether you're going to let them play or you're not. You know, the at the end of the day, the player just says, keep it consistent so I know where the line is, this game to the next game. And it's, you know, part of it's the beauty of sports. Like, you know, this was a physical playoff game and they let him play again. Yeah, they- I
1: didn't feel like the officiating dictated the result of this game. I mean, the the Hawks have only taken one free throw in the entire first half. And this is a team that ranked second on the season in free throw attempt rate. Like they get to the line a ton and took one free throw in the first half. Um, And they they were, they were letting him play. They finished with just 12 attempts. That's not a ton. I will say they went 11 to 12 from the line, whereas the Knicks went 11 to 15, like, you know, 91% to 73%. That's, that's a difference maker right there in in a one possession game. So, you know, I, I don't, I'm not looking to the refs on, on in this particular contest. We, the Knicks have seen bad officiating this year, and I, I don't think this really qualified.
2: Didn't register as one of the the worst officiated games that they've had. Um, and I'd be <laughs> not to go back to negatives. I guess we gotta. We probably should talk about Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock having. And Re, Al, Alfred, we all know, but <laughs> Reggie, <laughs> Reggie had a bad game.
1: Well, in BBD, I kind of wanted to flip this negative into a positive there because, yes, Bullock played. I mean, he was 0 of 5 from 3. I was I texted you guys. This is a guy who shot 45% on almost eight three-point attempts per game over the last 25 games of the season. Like, this dude was on fire probably as much as anybody in the league, and he went 0 of 5. Like, that's very unlike him in his ho- on his home court. Um, Barrett went 1 of 6 from 3. He's been one of the better three-point shooters in the league. And like the fact that the game was this close while these guys were shooting so poorly, while Alfred Payton was still getting minutes where I don't know that that's going to be the case going forward. I think that we can take the, the positive spin on those things and say, hey, it was a one possession game. The, all these things were going against us. Going forward, you can kind of expect those to average out and, and Alfred Payton maybe to, to fall out of the rotation. And you can kind of project from there, hopefully some more positive outcomes.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Alfred has been a story for a while, and I I probably haven't been as tough as the rest of Knicks Nation, and and hey, maybe that's getting distracted by too much baseball. Maybe it's, uh, you know, the end result was wins for me. So like I, for to to just harp on Elf when you know the end result for the Knicks this year was obviously better than anything I expected. I I kind of <laughs> I took it as like part of the ecosystem. Like, you know, they say you take away a bug from the ecosystem And then the bird dies And then the the snake that eats the bird Like, you know, I was worried about how that would happen A little science with Jake Mid-playoff <laughs> mid, <laughs> mid playoff episode uh, So, yeah, I do think with Alfred It, it was pretty tough when uh, to start the second half He takes, like, just kind of a contested jumper Like, didn't really run the offense And you're like, ah, I don't, you know I know in <clears throat> your head You thought that was the spark. I don't think the rest of the team or the stadium thought that. That one stung a little bit. And, yeah, I I like the spin zone uh, for Bullock. And, hey, going back to my weird ecosystem equation, like for Alec Burks to do what he did, I think, you know, once Reggie Bullock goes 0 for 5, at a certain point, you almost have to pull the plug on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess that that is kind of what what ultimately happened. They maybe waited a couple possessions too long, especially in the second half. Just Burks was really going, and when Burks is going, it's kind of as satisfying to watch as anything, which I didn't uh, expect coming into the year, which much like anything else with the Knicks. So, I don't know, like, but probably the two of them will will regress to their respective means, both directions, and hopefully that 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 all works out the rest of the series. I kind of don't have a way I wanted to end this nope. paragraph.
1: <laughs> I will say, like, it, it's funny how <laughs> how like tied at the hip Bullock and Randall are in terms of their production. It just seems like they feed off each other so much, and Randall's always looking for Bullock as his go-to guy, as his like outlet when he gets doubled. And when Bullock's not hitting, it just seems like it throws Randall off his game too. He doesn't feel like he can trust his teammates as much. He tries to force a little bit more. And it it seems to really affect Randall's game. I know I'm, I'm kind of talking generally and just this one game sample size, but it, it is interesting to see how they both struggled to the degree that they did. Um, I, I guess the, one other guy we probably should talk about a little bit more is Derek Rose, just because I know Jake mentioned him a couple times, but he was the guy who played the minutes at point guard when Nelford Payton wasn't right. So he played 38 minutes and he finished with, Five assists to five turnovers. And Derek Rose on the season, I think he's the least turnover prone point guard in the league. It was absolutely jarring. It was shocking to watch Rose turn the ball over this many times. This is not part of his game. Like, he protects the ball, he takes care of it. He's a Thibodeau point guard through and through. This was just straight up bizarre. So I don't know if he had nerves going on and like, it manifested differently than that, like how Randall was missing shots, how Bullock was missing shots, cause they seemed to be a little bit too amped up from the crowd. Like Rose was just spraying the ball all over the court and that's so out of character for him. So I'm not expecting that to continue in any way. And like everything else Rose did beyond the turnovers was so positive mm-hmm. where he was attacking in transition. That was something I was looking out for going into the game. He was get, he was driving into the paint, he was getting to his floater, he was hitting guys. Um for good looks, so like Derrick Rose is a is a very strong point guard and a good option against this Hawks team because they don't really have anybody, like I mentioned the last podcast, at the point of attack in Trey Young or Lou Williams who can stop Derrick Rose. So yeah, once he cleans up those turnovers, I think he's going to be a real difference maker the rest of the series.
2: Yeah, that really is all the difference is he I and mean, he hits so many, it's so many tight layups and it was really impressive for the most part. And then it's just. Kind of the turnover festival that we haven't seen from him in in this go around with the Knicks, certainly. Um yeah, it just felt like an outlier on, on that end, just a lot of balls getting tipped and so yeah.
0: Yeah, I I I try to you know, I was looking at the general box score this morning and from the Knicks side, and I you know, it was funny I, I ended the preview with this, but like, hey, you know, if Julius Randle goes 9 for 23 this game, which still, you know, not a great night for Julius, Knicks probably win this game kind of easily. Uh, outside of that, what what jumped out from the Knicks side was the turnovers. Uh, Knicks turned it over 11 times. Hawks turned it over 6. I mean, they almost doubled them in turnovers. That's not a good basketball formula, uh, especially this whole season, How how much we've raved about how special the Knicks' defense has been. So... And I, I think the other side of that, if if this was talking Hawks, which it's not, um, although we did talk some ecosystem before, um, the offensive boards, I, I think it, talking Hawks would be circling that and saying, like, hey, uh, you know, we had seven offensive rebounds with, you know, Capella and what we thought would be our mismatch. The Knicks had 13. Taj Gibson, five offensive rebounds. Um, and then two from Barrett, Noel, and Randall. So, uh, yeah, I think that would, if, if there's things the coaches are circling, I mean, obviously Tibbs and Tibbs the turnovers, uh, good band name. And then uh, on the opposite side, it's, it's probably keep, keeping Taj Gibson off the offensive boards.
1: Yeah, and, Jake, it, it's funny because when you look at the regular season, kind of like league-wide, 11 turnovers would have been the fewest turnovers to average per game in the regular season. Like, that is not a lot of turnovers in a basketball game. But to only force six is pretty shocking. Like, I'm not thinking – I don't know. The the defense just – it wasn't giving Trey Young enough problems, right? It wasn't staying in front of him. It wasn't getting enough hands in his face. He was getting clear passing lanes the whole game. And so, like, I I do think that for future games, like, they need to – they need to get that six number up. They need to force – more turnovers, force more bad decisions because, I mean, six turnovers in a playoff game, that's that's nothing. So um, you're, you're right to point out the turnover disparity, but, you know, 11 in a game, not that many. The fact that five of them came from Derrick Rose and some of those were like pick sixes, some of them were cross-court passes in crucial moments, like those were killer. But, you know, overall you don't look at that 11 number. It doesn't jump off the page for you, but um, but that disparity does. So that's a good good call. Mm.
0: Yeah, and uh, a couple other quick Hawk notes that probably deserve uh, to be said Uh, Hey, man, shout out uh, to Bogdanovich I mean, he got his soul taken by R.J. Barrett And what did he do? He responded I mean, he finished 4 of 9 from 3 Including the massive shot that, uh, I mean, really, really changed the, the final minutes of this game um, and yeah it, it's funny looking at Trey Young's final line. he only took three three point attempts. Uh, so that was clearly a point of emphasis for the Knicks to kind of force him to shoot twos and that's that's how they end up losing uh, and again, a, a game where RJ Barrett the the timing and location of that pass to the corners a little different. You know we could be talking about Knicks up 105 103 with 30 seconds left, but that's that's not how the cookie crumbled what um game two is wednesday what um what's what's the biggest adjustment or change or or something you're looking for in game two
1: yeah for me i mean i was screaming about this all fourth quarter from the talk Knicks twitter account um he, when trey young is on the floor in those high leverage situations or those those high pressure situations you have to attack him and make him work on the defensive end. Like for a long time, for long stretches of the game, they were, the Hawks were hiding Trey on Reggie Bullock. And Bullock isn't the guy who's going to go beat a mismatch. You're not going to go to him in the post. He's not going to beat you off the dribble one-on-one. So that was a good place to hide Trey Young. And in the the starting lineup, that's what they're going to continue to do. But you saw it, and Jake, you mentioned Burks' four assists. One of those assists was they just posted Burks up on Trey Young They had to send a double and Burks just had an easy dump off to Taj Gibson for a, for a dunk or a layup. Like that's the formula. And in crunch time, in the biggest possessions of the game, you know, we didn't have any Bullock wasn't on the floor. They had Trey young guarding RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett is a monster in the post. We have seen it time and again, and they went to it one time. They went to it one time. RJ backed down and got himself an easy layup. And that was it. And then they were like, we're not going to go back to that. But there were several possessions that I, I described on Twitter. They were just aimless possessions that would have really benefited from RJ drawing double teams in the post. Because this little 6'1", and seventy five pound guy c- can do nothing. Where well, RJ Barrett is so strong, like we've we've seen him go toe to toe with Kawhi Leonard strength wise. Trey Young has no chance. So I want to see the Knicks like really aggressively go at Trey Young, especially down the stretch when there's nowhere to hide.
0: Beeps. What do you want to see in game two? <clears throat> the, on-
2: the only other thing that sticks out, um, you know, we talked about Julius Randle. He, I I, he, I think he will score more baskets than he did in game one. But I'd like to see the facilitating be back to closer to where it was during the regular season. It's hard to replicate that in the playoffs with the extra attention coming towards him. But he finishes with four assists and three turnovers. And that's not the Julius Randle we saw this year. So if you making him more of the focal point of the offense from that perspective, I think unlocks a lot. And maybe part of that is that maybe if, if Rose wasn't turning balls over, we don't notice it as much, but, and I think we, we got to captivate Randall's like ability, capture Randall's ability to facilitate better that we saw all season. Um, and we just didn't see it last night.
0: React a little more, yes. react a little more. We, I think a lot of times in the second half when his shooting struggles had kind of started um, You know, you saw him The shot, the shot was going up It was how was he getting it um, And yeah, hopefully as the series goes Game slows down a little bit more You know the matchups, you know where guys are going to be um, Yeah, I, I like that a lot For me, it's top and threes um, let, it, <laughs> let it fly, big fella Uh, no, I, I, I still feel good, man I know I, I came out with the bullish, uh, Nixon 5 Which, hey, I, I won't back down on Uh, but, you know, I, this is lining up to be a pretty good 4-5 or series And, hey, you know, Trey Young, walking off the court Uh, it's quiet as fuck in here Like... I thought the Knicks were going to be physical and tough on Trey. I, I think that does turn the knob from 10 to 11 for these upcoming games. so if, uh, if Trey Young if Trey Young wants that and he can beat that in a seven game series, then kudos to him. but man, I, I think he's about to get the gauntlet, and I'm, you know, again, I, I don't know how that 61175 frame holds up. Over seven games of uh, getting beat up by the same dude So I, you know, five games is looking tougher But I, I'm not, I don't feel bad about the Knicks' chances in this series Because of that game one result Agreed Wow, beautiful um, Alright fellas, well we we kind of got to get the ship moving here But, you know, hey, whatever The Garden was rocking uh, that was cool to see. It's a game the Knicks could have had, which you know hurts you in a in a little bit of a different way. But game two Wednesday night, uh, excited. And boys, thanks thanks for doing this, Tommy Piccolo at Tom underscore Piccolo, Big Baby David, uh, myself. Let's uh, let's go Knicks. Let's win game two, and then we'll uh, and then I'll be back on Knicks Knicks and five. So. Thanks, boys. And let's go next.
2: Next tape.